Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast, and that is it, ladies and gents. The season is over. Can you believe it? 43 episodes of this season. Obviously, when we come back next season, it'll be season six of the football podcast. My word. There is a game to talk about, and there are the season-long predictions to discuss. Who will come out on top? Find out in a moment. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave us a review where you can leave us a review, and share this podcast around. Get it out there in the world. That's it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, for the final time this season. Yes, I'm sad about it. I'm sure you're all sad about it. I'm sure these three gentlemen that are joining me tonight are, uh, are sad about that. Uh, for the last time this season, we'll be going through some football-based nonsense. It had to come to an end somewhere or other, so, you know, what, what better time than now? So, joining me this week to go through said nonsense is Nottingham Forest fan. You can see him there in his resplendent. I'm going to go with late 80s shirt. No, Matthew early Moore? 80s. Is it? Is it early 80s? 1982. Before I was even on this planet. Crazy the stuff. that I was the year that I arrived on said planet, so that's why. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. How are you, sir? Good, good. Meant to relax for a few weeks. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, he's not wearing a replica shirt, but he is telling us how he feels currently with his shirt. It is indeed Hull's finest, Mr. Grumpy. How are you, sir? Uh, I am um, Grumpy. No, it's my <laughs> Clearly, so uh, <laughs> his, his connection's gone a bit crazy there, ladies and gentlemen. Just, uh, just give us it again, just in case uh, we, uh, we didn't catch that one. Um, well, I said this isn't necessarily football related. This is just my uh, dad duty shirt for the uh, for the day. So there we go. Excellent. We like to hear it. And rounding out the holy quadruple. I suppose um, he's, he's not he, another one who is not wearing a replica shirt um, but it is oh it's uh, it's his fandom of insert manga or anime or whatever it is here I dare say I, I, so, th- I, I thought you'd have at least gone with generic giant robot anime Would I have been correct in that assumption? No. Sort of. It's the greatest giant robot anime that there has ever been. Ah, you see. Um, but yeah. So we 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 come to you with the uh, with the, the week forty-one predictions in the bag. The last game of the season done and dusted, and sadly, as we covered on last week's podcast, just the one game as Middlesbrough couldn't couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. 
Uh, so sadly, um, rather than predicting Middlesbrough versus Luton Town in the Championship playoff final, it was Luton Town versus Coventry City in the playoff final. And um, to say that it didn't disappoint would be incorrect, as it was quite a dull game. And uh, ended up with Luton Town winning on penalties to join Nottingham Forest in the Premiership from next season. So congratulations to Luton. Take your little tiny tin pot stadium. Have your fun for one year and then hopefully you'll be back down in League 2 sooner rather than later. It was really nice of them to stick up the massive We Are Premier League sign over somebody's front porch. Oh no, wait a minute, that's the entrance to their stadium. (laughs) Shots fired by the fan that doesn't have to deal with their nonsense for last season. Sadly, that falls on Mr Moore. And speaking of Mr Moore, we go to his team for our final prediction of the season. It was at Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest in the final game of said predictions for the podcast this season. How did it pan out in the end, Mr Moore? I think last week it was a collection of everybody's relaxed, so it's going to be a low-scoring game, or everybody's relaxed, so it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Unfortunately, it was the former of those two. Um, I think apparently reading the report a, a quite relaxing kind of one all draw as it goes. Um, Forrest took the lead midway through the first half through Tayo Awani with his 11th of the season, I think, which makes him the top goal scorer this year. Um, it's one of them goals where you see it you think, oh, right, this is going to be a really good goal. And then you go, oh, you made it really difficult for yourself there, mate. Why? Because I think Morgan gives why, well, I think either Willie Bawley or Nia Cassie played the ball to Morgan Gibbs White he played it with his outside of his foot with the outside of his foot and when you ran onto the ball and you thought oh he's just going to spot it past the keeper and then he took about three or four more touches and did God knows what else and, th- and then stuck it in the back of the net so you're like ah fine fair, fair play decent goal I have to be brutally honest Um, I forgot who um, Will Hughes scored the uh, Palace goal, ex ex Derby uh, player. Mm. Um, I haven't seen it because I was watching Blur last night, and far more important, unfortunately. So, uh, so yeah, I, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the Palace goal. But um, one all draw, not a whole lot on it. Would have been nice to take the win to take us above Bournemouth because that would have been that would have been nice. Just just to kind of. Shits and giggles over Bournemouth, to be honest. Um, but but not to be. So, finishing 16. Yeah, safe. And, you know, no panic on the last day. <laughs> but, you know, unlike three other clubs. But there you go. So, yeah, one all draw to finish off the season. And I said, like, unfortunately, I've not seen the Will Hughes goal. But I should have remembered that he was playing for them and that, obviously, a Derby player was going to come back to... Or Derby players going to come back and kind of haunt us. I, it did dawn on me at the time that we should have thought about not old boy rules, but teams rival old boy rule. It should also but, definitely be in effect. We're going to have to like introduce our book of rules for next season. Obviously, old boy rules and 
closest rival slash hated most hated person rule as well because that's also I think so as Matt said there 1-1 draw obviously as we discussed in last week's podcast Nottingham Forest were already safe after they had beaten Arsenal Um, and that in itself brought in the lesser spotted phenomena of the Premier League in which all three of the promoted sides from the previous season's championship season had stayed up in the top flight. Now, I've just done a check to see when the last time that was the case, and it wasn't actually that long ago. In 2017-18, the three promoted sides were Newcastle United, Brighton and Hove Albion, and Huddersfield Town. And they all indeed stayed in the top flight. Huddersfield then had a ridiculously bad season and were relegated straight back down the season after but it is the first time in, what's that, six years, five years, if you take it, 2018 as the season ending, um, when all three teams that were promoted into the Premier League stayed in the division. So, congratulations to Fulham, Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest. Commiserations have to go to Leeds United, tears, 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 let's turn on our own teeth. And I'm sure Mr Moore will be more happy about this than the rest of us, but Leicester City, the greatest story in football history from seven years ago. Sadly, that dream has come to an end as they find themselves relegated from the Premier League. What a shame. I think I would have preferred to have seen Everton go down just because of the fact that then they wouldn't be able to keep rabbiting on about the fact that they've been a continuous top-flight side since the 1920s or something ridiculous like that. Well, no, they were were talking about that yesterday on the... because I watched the Everton game uh, for my sins. Um, And it would have been absolute banter for them to go down this season because then they would have been in the top-flight for 69 years. And now they've ruined that for everybody. I hope they just, they just, they just can't allow us. To, people from like Liverpool, the, the Merseyside area, just can't allow us to have nice things, can they? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, so yes, so your three relegated teams are of course Southampton, Leicester, and Leeds United. So they will be making trips to the uh, the MKM Stadium on the Riverside next season. So predictions wise, to end the season, you'll all be able to check off on your bingo cards. Mr. Andrew Cook had gone for a 1-0 Nottingham Forest win with Johnson to score the goal. Sadly, no points Mr. Cook there. Matt had gone for a 3-2 Crystal Palace win. Goals for Eze, Ayu and Eduard for Palace. Kuyate and Johnson to score for Forest. No points there. Mr. Woodmansey had gone for a 2-2 draw, so he bags himself a point for the result. He had gone for Eze and Ayu to score for Palace, Gibbs, White and Yates to score for Forest. So certainly no extra points there, just the one point for the, uh, the result. I had predicted a 3-3 draw, so I went for the crazy last day where the goals galore sadly didn't pan out that way. I had Eze to score twice and Edouard for Palace. Uh, I had Jesse Lingard getting a uh, farewell goal for Nottingham Forest since he hadn't scored in the league all season. Sadly, that didn't come to pass. 
I did have Taiwo Awoyi to get two, so I managed to get a bonus point for the goal scorer there. So, final week in the predictions. Sadly, Matt and Andy didn't score. Mr. Woodmancy got one. I managed to bag two, so take a final win, as it were, for the week. As was covered on the podcast last week, I was asked to do a little bit of homework on that regard and see, one, just how many points we each picked up during the season and how many wins each of us had on a whole throughout the season. So, I'll, uh, just, I'll just flash it up for those watching on YouTube just very quickly. So, we've got a lot of tally charts there, a lot of bar, a lot of five bar charts to, uh, to run through. So, 41 weeks worth of predictions. There is no way to know exactly how many points were up for grabs because obviously goals being scored dictate how many points will be available. I mean, if you couldn't um, Respectable 114 points scored over the course of the season in fourth place. It is, he's giving himself the guns. It is Mr. Andrew Cook. Very well played, sir. And uh, may I say, if, if, if this, if the game had started at around week 18, I think you would have won because you started to go, you went on a bit of a run at one point and started just getting points after points in the bag by the bag full. I do like to, you know. Get, get my eye in after a good few weeks, nearly half the season. Half the season. But other than that... <clears throat> in third place, with a total number of 151 points scored over the course of the season, very, very respectful, it is Hull's finest, Mr Stuart Woodmansey. Well done, sir. 151 points, not to be sniffed at, at all. So... The difference between first and second place was seven points in total. So, not massively far apart. Uh, we were all much sort of in a, a, sort of a, a fairly similar ballpark. So, one of us had 155 points and one of us had 162 for the season. So, with 155 points just being picked to the overall points winner for the season, it is... Myself with 155 points, so taking the win <coughs> on the points tally, it is indeed Mr. Matthew Moore. Well done, sir. 162 points over the course of that 40 week season. Well done. Very much. I think people will probably call me out on the fact I, I predict ridiculously high scores with lots of goal scorers. But, uh... <laughs> Listen. You've got to you've got to be in it to win it. And if, if next week, if next season you're predicting an 11 10 win. For each team, and just so you can list every single player in the squad, <laughs> might be covered for a golf scorer. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's certainly a way to do things, shall we say? So, those were the points tallies. Uh, just bear with me momentarily while I uh, clear my throat. Uh, we now know why Matt asked him to do the homework because Matt had clearly already worked all of this out, hadn't you, Matt? <laughs> I bet, I bet surreptitiously, he knew, he knew exactly what was going on. So, <laughs> if you'd have delivered the scores then and Matt would have just gone, yeah, no, that would have been... 
I was going to say, I think I got, yeah, I was I got an extra point here. Yeah, especially for the Monday Tuesday. Like, I think you'll find actually that I turned up myself and I had uh, seven hundred and six points. <laughs> So, went through again, tallied up the amount of points gained each particular week to give the uh, the week's one, as it were. So, put it up to make sure it made sense. 41 weeks were up for grabs. Um, there were six weeks where the gear, where the points were shared. Um, of the point of the weeks where the points were shared, uh, Andy had a week where he was joint winner. Myself and Stu had three weeks where we were the joint winner and Matt had five weeks where he was the joint winner. So almost like, a, a, if you want to class it as half a point for the win each week, that puts Andy on an extra half point, myself and you on an extra one and a half points and Matt on two and a half points. So, weeks one was actually remarkably close and again, didn't start off the healthiest for Mr. Cook but had this been done from about week 20 onwards, I think Andy would have potentially been the winner outright for this. So, with seven, or if you want to include his half point, seven and a half weeks won, it is Mr. Cook. With nine and a half points, including the one and a half weeks that I was uh, able to tie, nine and a half weeks won for myself. Mr. Woodmansey, with ten and a half weeks won. But he won the points. He's also won the weeks. It's Mr Matthew Moore with a whopping thirteen point five of the possible forty one weeks won. So it would very much seem that this week this season's uh, predictions connoisseur, as it were, was Mr Matthew Moore. So congratulations to you, sir, both points and altogether weeks won. By your good self. So, if I was confident, if I, if I was confident in myself, um, I, I would have bought myself a little trophy. To, so, yeah. so I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for the point where I was going to go. And obviously, as a as a champion, champions get trophies. So, we'll be doing a live <laughs> trophy ceremony on uh, Instagram. Yeah, that's that's the one. <laughs> Tune in, tune in to Instagram Live within the next couple of weeks where the trophy will be handed over thoroughly with pyro and all sorts of nonsense going on in the background. So, we've done our week-to-week predictions. All that's left is for us to go through our season-long predictions that we did back at the start of the season. But those could take a little bit of time. So, what I'm proposing is that we have a little refresh. We'll dip away for a couple of minutes. We'll, We'll... We'll recharge our glasses, so to speak. We'll, uh, we'll recompose ourselves and we'll come back to you momentarily with the Hull, Middlesbrough, Nottingham Forest and then the greater Championship and Premier League overall predictions that we placed at the beginning of the season. As we always say, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back in a few short moments. Recording in progress. Marvellous stuff. Like we said, we're back. So, as stated, we've just got the individual teams predictions and then the overall leagues predictions to go through from the end of last season. So, we'll start where we started at the start of last season, and that was with Hull. 
So, at the start of the season, I asked Stu for his one to watch for the season, and the name that he gave me was, can you remember Mr. Woodman C? No, it was a very long time ago. So, if I was to say to you that I've given you two ticks for your one to watch, who would you guess that it was? I mean, had we signed Estepinion by that point? Um, is that your guess? It'll have to be, because we'll be here all night if not. He is correct in that his one to watch was indeed Oscar Estepinian, who ended the season as Hull's top goalscorer with 13 in all competitions, tying him with Keane Lewis Potter's record for the previous season with 13 goals. So I have given Mr Woodmancy two ticks for his one to watch, as I believe that is an absolute win. You can't really have one to watch that's, that's a better uh, better return than your top goalscorer. So I'd say that's pretty much spot on. So, did any of us pick Mr Estupinian as our pick for top goalscorer for Hull? Well, as you may be able to guess from his predictions throughout the course of the season, Mr Andrew Cook... Definitely did not, as he had picked Ryan Longman as top goalscorer for Hull for the season. I don't have the information in front of me. Do you know, Stu, how many goals Mr Longman scored this season? I mean, you could probably count it on... I don't say this as, as the actual figure, but you could probably count it on no fingers. Um, <laughs> it's it's unfortunately not been a good season for, for Ryan. He's... Uh, He's been on the bench, he's had a few niggly injuries, he's, he's struggled to get back into the side at times. Um, so, like That, that sounds that like been... absolutely somebody I would pick for top goal scorer <laughs> for Hull. That sounds so, like, like, like it was constructed. Matthew Moore is saying two. I was just about to say, I have now got the, the details in front of me, so... Uh, sadly, not not a banner season for Mr. Longman in the fact that he got as many yellow cards as he did goals. So he had two of each this season. So not a, not a stellar pick from uh, from Mr. Cook. You can understand why Andy picked him though, because he'd been absolutely on fire the year before, um, and is very much the definition of hot and cold. Absolutely, he absolutely had. Um, I mean. Mr. Moore, his pick was just as solid in one goal, one yellow, and one red card for a Mr. Benjamin Tete. Another guy, unfortunately, plagued by injury. Um, and that red card as well was... Questionable. <sighs> no, it wasn't questionable. That was the week it was the uh, top draw shithousing from Sheffield United, where basically spent all match winding him up and he'd not sort of been in English football for very long and wasn't really accustomed to the uh, rules, shall we say. Um, so he uh, he lashed out and got sent off. It wasn't for a bad tackle or a dubious tackle or anything like that. It was pure, purely for sticking up for himself. I see. He did what everybody else would want him to do. Exactly. Against Sheffield United anyway and I'm going to take a moral victory on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, didn't score many goals. Loved a Sheffield United player. Bingo. <laughs> Thank you. So, for those for those keeping a bit of a running total at home, so far, Andy's pick 
scored two goals this season. Matt's pick has scored one goal this season. How many did Paul's pick score? So, my pick of Alaya Syed Manesh with Ooh. his four yellow cards and two goals potentially gives me the worst return of all of those players as he out find himself I would say with his uh, yellow cards that he probably got than he did with his uh, goal bonus um, so not, not not a stellar season predictions wise from the non-Hull fans on the Hull players Student of course rescue it by picking Mr Estepinian as the top goal scorer so does get a low bonus point there so last thing to pick was where Hull would finish in the league Andy and Matt were both in agreement that they thought they would finish in 8th position. Stu had gone for an optimistic top half finish and went with 11th place. I feel I was the most realistic and therefore was the most correct with a 13th place finish. I was the closest as Hull did in fact finish 15th this season. So if we're giving out points, I would give myself half a point there as being the closest without getting it spot on. I could have sworn you were going to say if I was giving out points I'd have given myself one. <laughs> well, if I'd have got it spot on I'd have given myself one. Sadly I did not. Therefore I can only give myself half. <laughs> there you go. So our, our collective um, predictions for Hull were I would say a mixed bag. Let's put it that way. Let's go with that as the most generous thing to say. Which is symbolic of the season. Yeah. Absolutely, I think you could argue. You could, you could argue that's uh, that's not not incorrect. So we move to the Middlesbrough predictions. So at the start of the season, I was asked to give a one to watch for the season. I've only given myself one point here, as I ended up giving Riley McGree as the player to watch for the season. Now I've only given myself one point because. I don't think he was ever going to end up as the top goal scorer. He's in the team as more of an attacking midfielder, but goals aren't necessarily the main part of his game. He's more there to sort of pull defences apart and create the space for the for the for the attackers to run into. I'd say, um, but I feel like he had a he had a decent season. Had the break in the middle where he went to the World Cup with Australia, came back. Took him a while to get back into the team, really. Took him a while to sort of get back up to the pace of the, of the championship again. Uh, but before he did go to the World Cup, he scored an absolute screamer against uh, Norwich, where he almost De Canio esque the ball at the top uh, in the top corner of the, uh, of the net, where his, uh, his feet were both off the floor as he made contact. So one of those ones that looks spot on when he goes in. Top goal scorer. I don't think anyone saw this one coming, as none of us have got him written down. Obviously, those of you who have listened to the podcast over the full season will know the top goal scorer was, in fact, Mr. Chuba Akpom, who got 29 goals in all competitions, as we covered on the podcast. The first Middlesbrough goal scorer, uh, the first Middlesbrough player, sorry, to score 20 goals or more in a season since Bernie Slaver did it in the 89-90 season. So, it's been a long time for Borough to, uh, to wait to get a 20-goal-a-season man in the league. Um, sadly, just let me get the uh, let me get the details up, and we can go through this um, accordingly. Um, 
So, again, the role has to give our choice for top goal scorer. Um, I almost copped out somewhat, somewhat, uh, somewhat so at the start of the season. I went with the unsigned striker. I then was uh, was I was scoffed at, specifically by Mr Moore, who was like, you're not having that, you have to make a pick. So I went with Riley McGree. Um, again, as I've just said there, not in the team, was a goal scorer, so why I picked Mr McGree, I have absolutely no idea. But he did have a steady return on six goals with four yellow cards for the season. So I'll take that as a partial win of sorts. Um, like I say, he played well. He, he, he did his he did his job when he was when he was meant to with the team and stuff like that. So ended up with a return of six goals. Not terrible. Not the best. Um, Stu had picked a Josh Coburn, um, and it, it it kind of speaks volumes when looking on the stats from SkySports.com. It's I'm unable to see Mr. Coburn's name as he was sent out on loan. To Bristol Rovers. Yeah, but how many goals did he score? It's gone for the Borough. Therefore, he goes down as zero goals, sadly. Um, Andy finds himself in a bit of a similar position, really, as uh, he had picked Duncan Watmore uh, as his top goal scorer. And obviously, Duncan Watmore no longer plays for Middlesbrough as he was sold in the, Jan- in the January transfer window to Millwall. I believe when he left, he was on four or five goals for the season. So, not terrible. Five goals. Fair play. Um, Mr. Moore had picked Matt Crooks as his top goal scorer. Sensible pick. He was the top goal scorer last season with 11 goals. Not quite as good a return for Mr. Crooks this season. Seven goals alongside his seven yellow cards. But it is enough to get Matt the point as the closest person with the goal scorer pick. Uh, um, just, just for the record, Josh Coburn scored 10 goals in the league this season. Didn't specify which league. One. <laughs> it was league one. And still, still scored 10. In the run up to the World Cup, I'd, I'd argue there was, there was a point to be made that he was potentially Bristol Rovers' best player. As at one point they were describing him as the Teesside Harland. So he was obviously <laughs> doing a job for him up front. Um, so all that leaves us is the where will they finish prediction. Andy was the most optimistic of all of us. And had got from, had, had picked them to win the division. Sadly he was out by three places as they finished fourth. Someone else who was out by three positions was Mr Stuart Woodmansey. As he picked them to finish seventh. Similar to the one they finished the season before and missed the playoffs. Um, that leaves myself and Mr. Moore technically tied on this one as we were both out by two places. I had them to finish second, Matt had them to finish sixth. So again, I'd give each of, I'd give each of us half a point as we were equidistant away with two places different to the side. So, that just leaves us from a, from a team's perspective, Nottingham Forest to go through. So, at the start of the season, Mr. Moore, who was your one to watch that you had given me as your name? I've either got Brendan Johnson, I think, mm-hmm. or Ryan Yates. If I was to say that I gave you two picks, 
I'm saying Brennan Johnson then. Incorrect. You oh, have no. actually gone for Taiwo Awonyi as your oh, one right. watch of the season. So, I would say his late season burst of form has very much played into your hands there, as he did indeed finish the season as the top goal scorer, which you covered earlier in the podcast. 11 goals in all competitions for Mr. Awonyi. He just picked Brennan Johnson on the last day as they were both tied on 10 going into the Crystal Palace game. So we've kind of covered the uh, the one to watch and the top goal scorer in one fell swoop there. Um, no no surprises uh, that we'd all picked Brennan Johnson as the top goal scorer um, for Nottingham Forest this season. So none of us get any points there. Um, from a finish perspective, one of us got it spot on. It wasn't Mr. Optimistic pointing himself there. Sadly, Andy, they did not finish in sixth place this season. There was a six in the number. However, there was a number before that six, sadly, so you would uh, you get no points there. Uh, the other person, the, the next person who was furthest away was myself. I picked them to finish 18th. I thought the uh, the number of uh, the number of recruitments in, the number of new players in, I thought it would take a while to gel, which it turned out that it did. But once they did get that settled team. Um, they were able to start putting the results together and thankfully they were able to get themselves to a point where they were safe. Um, Mr Woodmansey had gone for 14th place. So he was only two places out, but they did have him to stay out, which means that Mr Moore definitely knows his team. Picked them to finish 16th. Spot on, sir. Well played to you. Another two bonus points there. Very well played. So... We'll go to we'll leave we'll leave the championship predictions for last season. There's two of our teams in that division so that covers more. So at the start of the season, I was asked I asked everyone on the podcast to pick a team to win the Premier League, the three teams to finish in the top four, the three teams to be relegated, and the top scorer of the division. We were all correct in the fact that we had picked Man City to win the league, so we each got a point there. The remaining top four teams. Some of us had an absolute nightmare. Namely, Stuart Woodmansey picking Liverpool, <coughs> Spurs, <coughs> and Chelsea to be in the top four. Yeah, well, to be fair, we didn't know that Frank was going to come and get his big sticky fingers all over that one either, did we? So, <laughs> I mean, one of those is serves you right because if you. Predicting the Spuds to be in the top four serves you right. The other two have had an absolute car crash of the season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so what was that you said there, Matt? If, you, if you're picking Spurs to get in the top four, you, you want shooting, yeah? Which is what I did. Probably. So, Matt, with his Liverpool, <laughs> Spurs and Arsenal to be in the top four, only gets one out of the three correct. Much like myself, as I had also picked Liverpool, Spurs and Arsenal in that order. So, um, yeah, Spurs need to uh, go and have a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror, I think. Uh, Mr Cook joins me and Matt Moore in the one out of three predictions, having picked Liverpool, Manchester United and, sadly, Chelsea to be in the top four. So, takes us the three relegated sides and 
everyone got one, at least one of the teams correct. Oh, I know, I know who Andy's got. Surely to God, this has got to be a point for Andy here. Come on. Well, apart from myself, as I had Bournemouth, definitely not. Brentford, definitely not. And Nottingham Forest to get relegated. So no points for myself. Uh, joining me in predicting Bournemouth to get relegated was Mr. Uh, Mr. and Mr. Moore. Uh, sadly, uh, incorrect there, but they do they do salvage a point there. Um, Stu also had Fulham, and Matt also had Brentford to go down. So we had a bit of a nightmare there. But you do you do salvage a point there, lads, because Stu had picked Leeds to go down. Big tick. Matt had picked Southampton to go down. So um, pretty good there. Um, now I have to say, Mr. Cook, it didn't start well for you. The first team you picked to go down was Brighton. I believe Brighton have just finished sixth in the league. <laughs> I mean, like swap, swap that with his Forest finish prediction. That's all it was. Exactly. It, I mean, it's not it's not as bad as the season that I tipped Leicester to go down and they won the league. So, um, <laughs> however, Mister Cook did better than most by tipping up Brighton, but he also tipped up. Southampton and Leeds to go down. So, well played, sir. Two points for your relegated team there. Now we come to the top goal scorer. Stu picked Nunes. I think he got ten. I'll double-check it, but it wasn't a banner season for Mr Nunes in his first season at New- uh, Newcastle. At, uh, at Liverpool. Uh, I will go next. <laughs> They'll sign him in the summer. Alwyn Nunes. Nine, nine league goals all season. Sadly, not challenging at the top of the list. Mr. Cook had gone for Mohamed Salah, which was a, in most seasons would have been a very respectable pick. He got 19 goals for the season. A very respectable return. Sadly, he scored almost half of the correct answer, which myself and Mr. Moore picked, of Erling Haaland. And with his 36 goals, setting a new Premier League record, we get the point for that. So, that just leaves us with the season-long, bit, uh, the season-long predictions for the Championship. So, none of us picked Burnley as the league winner, sadly. So, no points for the Championship winner. I had Sheffield United, you had Norwich, as did Matt, as Andy had taken Middlesbrough, as we previously stated in the Middlesbrough predictions. The runner-up, Andy had picked Luton Town. Sadly incorrect, but they did get promoted, so I think you can take a little bonus point there. I think you should be quite happy with yourself there. Um, I picked Middlesbrough. Sadly didn't pan out that way, did you? They just ran out of steam towards the end. Uh, Matt had picked West, West Brom, who didn't even make the playoffs, sadly. And Stu picked Sheffield United, which was indeed the runner-up, so gets himself a point there. Then we come to the winner of the playoffs. Now, I, very much similar to you, uh, Mr Moore, I had gone for West Brom. Sadly, didn't even make the postseason. No points there. Mr Woodmansey had picked Swansea. They were just picked at the last to get into the playoffs and even make it in. Matt had um, gone for 
think as well, the week that they got knocked out of contention was against Hull, ironically. So it's not <laughs> you, you shafted yourself, basically. <laughs> is uh, is what we need to uh, to come to uh, terms with there. Um, Matt had picked Sheffield United, didn't go for the playoffs, but did go up automatically, so he gets himself a little bit of a point there. Andy had picked Huddersfield. Now, considering they only just got promoted, uh, they only just got their uh, championship uh, survival guaranteed on about the second to last game of the season, I'd, I'd, I'd put that down as a bit of a loss, personally. But and they sold the soul to the devil to do it as well. So yeah. Like, well, yeah, bringing Colin back into the uh, into the phase was, uh, was was not ideal. So the three relegated teams. Three of us had two of the three spot on. Sadly for Mr. Cook, he only correctly predicted Reading to go down. So you had Reading, Birmingham and Cardiff. Birmingham and Cardiff were both there or thereabouts at the end of the season, so I don't suppose that was a terrible pick. Um, like I say, myself, Mr. Woodbutty and Mr. Moore had Reading and Blackpool or Wigan and Blackpool. So between the three of us, we picked all three of the relegated sides. Myself and Stu had also picked Birmingham to go down, so we agreed with Mr. Uh, Mr. Cook on that one. Um, whereas Matt had taken Rotherham to be the team to get relegated on that one. So two points for myself, Stu and Matt, just the one point for the relegated sides for Randy. And again, I don't think any of us saw Chubarakpom having the season that he did. So none of us had picked Tuber Akpom to be the championship's top goal scorer. We'll just do a little bit of digging around to see where the picks that we made finished in the goal scoring charts. Just bear with me. Talk amongst yourselves, if you will. Championship. So... Are they even on the list? <laughs> that, it went that well. <laughs> well, to say that, Stu taking Timu Pukki as the top goal scorer, he had 10 goals for the season. I believe you were the closest of anybody, as the names that I'm seeing <laughs> on the page are not listed on the BBC Sport goal scorers. So, so, you are right in that regard, um, but it just again, another kick in the nuts for me. Timo Pukki finished in joint 21st position in the top scorer charts with 10 goals, level with. Couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo for Hull. Marcus Force for Middlesbrough this season. Fuck's sake. Marcus Force, what a player. What a wonderful, wonderful player. Championship, tough scorers, 22-23. Let's see how far down the list we have to go to find myself, Mr. Moore, and Mr. Cook's place. So, again, talk about yourselves. This is fantastic coverage. This is... Stellar material, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Who did you pick? So, between the three of us, 
I picked Carlin Grant for West Brom. Matt had picked Dwight Gale for Stoke. And Andy had picked Andreas Weiman from Bristol City. Let's put it this way. I have got to number 50 on the list and I haven't seen any of those names. I'll do. And they each got seven goals. So it's looking pretty uh, pretty sorry at this particular point. Ah, Anders, Andreas Weiman. Andreas Weiman scored six goals this season. Mr. Cook takes the silver medal. <clears throat> looking, I've got to five goals. It's not looking great. At this point, you're more likely to get a finger injury from scrolling than finding the answer, Paul. <laughs> I mean, I can considering, tell you. That, considering that Connor Roberts, a right-back, scored four, <laughs> he's still currently listed higher than either of Carlin Grant or <laughs> Dwight Gale. Well, Dwight Gale got three. Just to kind of... <laughs> oh, my God. If I picked a guy who hasn't scored all season, I think that might be two seasons in a row that I picked a guy who didn't score. Can you pick a tuba next year then? No. Not happening. <laughs> Not allowed. Oh, this is desperate. Dwight okay. Gale, three. Yes, like Matt said, Dwight Gale, three. Carl and Grant must have scored at least once. Three. Carl and Grant, three. Thanks God for that. At least he got some. Oh. Yes, a grand total of, um, what was it, three, three, six, and ten. So, if we added all of their goal scores, all, all of their goals together, they still wouldn't have scored as many as Tuba did in the league. Just had to get that in there again, didn't you? Just, just shoehorn that in. All right, Paul, we get it. You had a goal scorer that scored a lot of goals. Well done. <laughs> um, we did do some revised season-long picks. But just for uh, just for our own teams um, at the uh, at the point of the season where we had the World Cup break, um, I didn't change my mind on the Forest uh, finishing position. I went with eight. I stuck with eighteenth. Andy revised his sixth place finish to a fourteenth place finish. Matt stuck firm on sixteenth place, and Stu joined him. So Stu sort of like jumped in there. Um, Stuart Matt stuck on the uh, Brennan Johnson top scorer and stuck with that. I moved on to Morgan Gibbs-White, whereas Matt actually made the switch to Tywo Wongi. For Middlesbrough, myself and Matt uh, revised to sixth place on the uh, on the finish for Borough. Stu dropped himself from uh, seventh to ninth, and uh, Andy dropped from winning the league to seventh place. So, uh, you know, had absolutely no faith in the Borough whatsoever. Um, Matt changed his goalscorer pick from Matt Crooks to Rodrigo Muniz. I believe at that point he played about two minutes for the rest of the season, so not great. Andy changed his pick to Duncan Watmore. No, kept his pick at Duncan Watmore, and then he was obviously sufficiently sold the following month. Whereas myself and Stu obviously jumped on the tuba train as we uh, saw it was leaving the station pretty quickly. And we were correct to do so. And finally, for Hull, uh, I revised my pick to 17th, Stu his to 19th, 
Matt and Andy had 14th and 16th places respectively, so they were slap bang in the middle with a 15th place finish. And we'd all at that point remained on Oscar Estepinian. Oh no, sorry, we'd all changed to Oscar Estepinian as the top goal scorer, which turned out to be correct. You've got to remember as well at that point that it was pretty much the World Cup break where Liam Rosinia took over. So oh. that was it. That was the chalk and cheese of the season in the sense of the first half was pretty much a write-off and then everything was probably looking pretty bad at that point uh, when we revised those picks and obviously things then did turn around somewhat. So um, quite excited about see that. And again, it's that age-old thing. It's like football, spend all day kicking you in the balls, but then... There's a game next week. Cool, let's go again. So, quite excited about next season, even though this season has been a bit of a mixed bag. So, we'll, we'll, see, yeah, we'll see, what, see what he gets out of a team in a full season, obviously providing yeah. that he keeps his job. Again, indeed, if indeed he gets a full season, obviously last season was a strange one in that, uh, for the first time in, what, six or seven seasons? Not enough for his began and ended the season with the same manager oh god yeah I think, <clears throat> I think the last the last person who would, that would have been was probably Billy Davis I would have thought was the last manager to start and end the season um, as, man, as the manager yeah it can't be that's going to be yeah years crazy um yeah so well, let's let's see what happens next season hopefully um Middlesbrough can start on where they left off from the end of last season, pushing towards the top end of the division. Hopefully Hull can maintain, uh, I think they were on a long unbeaten run towards the end of the season, weren't they? Maybe sort of seven or eight games? Well, basically since Rosinia took over, it was was their home record that that did it primarily. I think in, in in the in the twenty odd games, I think he took over. Obviously, half of them would have been at home. But I think they'd only lost twice at home, possibly only conceded a couple of times at home as well. It was it, the record vastly improved, but um, I, you, you can tell that it was an attacking defender. Put it that way, because it was he sorted out the back first. The goal scorer, in his opinion, seemed to disappear somewhat. And in in terms of of him as a player, I kind of worry that he just sort of disappeared due to injury, undisclosed injury at the end of the season, so I don't really know what's happened there um, but again you can't the, the way that it's gone since he took over you, you know, if it's Rossini's choice you've got to trust in that I guess and, and go with it because he's, he's done pretty well so far yeah yeah, so like I said hopefully Middlesbrough can kick on where they left off Hull hopefully the same unless hopefully uh, like hope that they Nottingham Forest don't have as uh, turbulent a uh, transfer window in the off-season as did last summer. Um, if you'd have said, said in the predictions, though, at the beginning of uh, the, the season, which team will change their manager during this season, you would have absolutely put Forest on that list first. Yeah, and the irony that they haven't. Absolutely. I think with your point about the players, think that, I think, what did we say last week, like single figures? As far as what do you judge it as? Do you judge it as single figures but players who are already in the club have been bought? So I think kind of it's been mentioned through the week Andre Ayew will be leaving the club at the end of the season. 
Um, Kaylin Navas has already left, uh, gone back to PSG to rehab. Uh, it looked like Ren and Lodi won't be, doesn't want to, I, I don't know whether it's not, doesn't want to, but there's obviously there's an option to buy him there, but I think his wife's just had a baby. Um, I think he wants to stay in Spain. Um, and apart from that, I don't think they've got, and obviously Henderson's a big one, there's not that many other loan players. We bought most of the players that we bought in last summer. But there's going to be a lot of kind of players leaving that are just out of contract. So Lyle Taylor's going to be going. Harry Arthur's going to be going. Oh, shame. Um, <laughs> I, I think Steve Cook will probably leave in the summer as well. So I think the squad will be reduced down a lot. But they'll bring in... I think it'll be a little bit more targeted, hopefully, this time. Um, and not quite as scattergun, signing a million players. Um, and everybody ridicules you for it. Um, but hopefully, it, that it will be just that kind of... That, I think there's going to be, hopefully, less turnover staff, a bit more kind of thingy. But there's going to be quite a few players going out the door, mainly because the contracts are ending. So, like I said, are you... Aurier was on season contract, so hopefully they can. I wouldn't know. You wouldn't have said, I definitely didn't say it at the time, but maybe he's one that they want to keep. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, kind of consolidate, not try and get too fancy. The last thing you want is the owner coming out saying that we expect like European football next year. Because I think it's a massive jump to go from finishing 16th um, to finishing, what, 7th now, is it, to go into the Europe, Europe Conference? kind of thing I think it's a big jump um, as my dad said I just want to play I just want to see I just want to see them play better football next season that's all that's all my dad wants um, absolutely I think as long as you get progression year on year that's a good solid foundation and speaking of good solid foundations that is uh, that is where we're going to leave the podcast for this season so like we said Middlesbrough and Hull didn't get what they wanted in the end, but Forest certainly did. Got themselves their position in the Premier League for next season. Sewn up, done and dusted. They will be sipping from the top table's chalice, as it were, thoroughly for the next 12 months at least. So, that closes the book on another season from a CookieCast podcast perspective. All that's left for me to do is thank these three wonderful gentlemen for joining me week on week to go through the Middlesbrough Hull Nottingham Forest ups and downs throughout the season next season we'll bring in at least one new team maybe more depending on how that team does at the start of next season but obviously you have to tune in around August time to see which team Mr Cook has selected in the off-season as his boys for the season. So thank you to all you guests, not guests, listeners, viewers, I do apologise, thank you for tuning in week in, week out to watch us moan about the state of football and occasionally have a smile at least once or twice during the season. Join us again in another couple of months where we'll start the cycle all over again. But until then, it's bye for now. We'll be back in a few months' time.
there we go, what do you think of that? The last one, ladies and gents, the last one. Last one of the season, last one for a while. Won't be long, though. We'll be back, don't you worry. You can help out the podcast by like, share, subscribe, comment, leave us a review. That's always a good one. Check out the website, it's thecookiecast.com. There you can find social media links and an email button, and you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one, and by this one I mean this season. Join us next season, or check out some of the other podcasts while you're around. Anyway, that's enough from me. Bye from me, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.